I do want to say uh, I'm, I'm so thankful for uh, the Crossing Church uh, and, and not just uh, the elders uh, and, and, and guys who have really discipled me well um, because that's, that's definitely happened, um, but just for this church, uh, the, the drive, the mission to be a gospel-centered church uh, in Monroe. Uh, I, I grew up loving Jesus. I grew up in church, uh, but I didn't know what, it, what this was going to be like. And we're definitely not perfect. We're very far from perfect, um, but what we're striving for uh, is so good. And, and, and I didn't know what elders were growing up. I had no idea what that meant. Uh, it was just a elderly people, uh, so I'm whatever. Um, uh, but to, to go through this process now has been, has been difficult, so good, and, and, and it's been growing me so much. And I'm just so thankful uh, that you guys are going to take this month uh, and, and what it looks like. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. Um, so let's, uh, let's continue. Uh, so we are um, continuing our Advent series, uh, as, you, as you know, if you've been here. Um, and this week, we're, we're reading the first 11 verses of Romans chapter 5. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there, Romans 5. Uh, we'll be there shortly. Um, a reminder for you, if you've been here the past two weeks, and I know we've said it the past four or five years, however long we've been doing this, um, but if it's new to you, uh, Advent. Advent means to come. And specifically for Christians, it is this coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, everyone before him in the Old Testament, hoping, waiting, longing for the promised one. Uh, and then he came. He, he was here. Uh, he was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Uh, and, and that is what we celebrate this time of year, Christmas, Advent. Uh, we get to slow down, remember Christ coming to the world, celebrating in all the ways we know how. It's definitely how I grew up. Uh, all these things we do to celebrate this. Um, the Christmas was definitely filled with all the extra stuff, the, the Christmas trees, the presents, uh, young Santa, old Santa, uh, whatever it is. Uh, those are some great memories, uh, but we would also take time growing up to slow down. I think every uh, Christmas morning, uh, before everything, we'd read the Christmas story. Uh, it, was, it was all good. Um, remember what this is all about, but I do not remember ever hearing the word Advent I'm going to take this out of my ear. If it's distracting you, distracting me. Um, I don't remember hearing the word Advent. Um, what this understanding of the word does, this word Advent, this coming of something, uh, it not only draws our attention to what happened that night in Bethlehem, this, this thing we celebrate around Christmas, um, but it also allows us to look forward to when Jesus will come back for his people. And that is a day that I am so looking forward to. Um, Kendrick has walked us through uh, this past two weeks both uh, this hope and peace that we have during the season of Advent, uh, a hope for just that, the, a hope for our Messiah, Jesus, returning to take us home because this is not our home. Uh, and we also have a real peace about this because in the midst of suffering, pain, and sin, we know that the Prince of Peace has already conquered the world. He's already done the work. Uh, and that even if we die in this fight, in this, this fight that is life, it is gain for us because we get to be with Jesus forever. Whether he's coming back to get us or we get to be with him and the Father forever. It is gain. And so we have a peace in that. And so this week, we've gone through hope, peace. But we come to a topic that we are all very familiar with, familiar with uh, in some way. Uh, love. Love. Most of the time we think we're so familiar with this word love that we overuse it. I am definitely guilty of this. Uh, when expressing our enjoyment of things, which those things, God's gifts, uh, they're good. Uh, most of them, uh, we often use this word love. And obviously what I mean is I love blank. Insert 
the things you enjoy. For me, barbecue, basketball, ULM, bourbon, coffee, cold weather, uh, the office, Austin, Texas, good music, candy, podcast, so many other things, my family too. Um, I, I love these things that I enjoy, these things that are good. And so you have these things, maybe not family, but other things that, that you just enjoy. You, you love them, love, quotation marks, uh, you love them because you enjoy them. But the thing is, do I really understand love? Do we really understand love if, if we're saying that? Do we really mean that? Probably not, uh, but let's find out. Uh, let's, let's pray first uh, and then read uh, Romans 5. Father, uh, again, I thank you so much for your love uh, for us. It is not based on anything that we can do, that we will ever be able to do. Uh, it is solely based on what you've done for us, who you are. Uh, God, I pray that we are reminded of that, not just through Advent, uh, but through our entire lives. Uh, this is not up to us. Uh, it is up to the work uh, your Son has completed, God. Thank you so much that it is complete, uh, that we get to be with you forever, and that is gain for us. Thank you so much for the Crossing Church, uh, that we are not just a special group of people, that we have all the answers, God, but we are a group of people submitted to you, uh, submitted to proclaim the gospel to Monroe, to West Monroe, uh, to the world, God. I pray that where we fall, where we fail in that, uh, use uh, this time, this, this worship of you, this, this time of sermon, these MC gatherings, these DNA gatherings, use us, this group of people, to remind us daily that this is who we are, this is who we're meant to be, uh, and then through that, uh, we will continue to turn to you, continue to turn away from our sin, continue to proclaim the gospel uh, to the world. Amen. All right, Romans 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that the affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. And this is what we've heard the past two weeks. We have hope and peace through Jesus alone. Uh, even in our afflictions here on earth, even all this pain, these problems, God uses all that stuff to produce what? To produce more hope. Uh, and then beyond this life, we have a hope and a peace in our future with God. But how do we know that we can definitely have this hope and peace. How is this possible? Paul answers that immediately in verse 5. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Love poured out through the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die, but God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we save through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more have been reconciled will be saved by his life? And not only that, 
we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received his reconciliation. We can have this hope and peace in Jesus coming back to take us home because of the love poured out for us, because of the blood shed for us. That's, that's the proof. How do we have this love and peace? Because God showed his love to us. He poured out his love through the Holy Spirit. Us, for us, the ungodly, the children of wrath, deserving eternal separation from God forever because of our sin. God sent his son to die for that people, for us. That's who we are. To not only save us from the just wrath of hell, but to totally reverse this curse. Uh, to make us children of the king, heirs with Christ. This is real love. This is not just an enjoyment of things. This is love. This is a love that we can only imagine. We can only get small glimpses of this in this life. And, and, and as a father and a husband now, uh, the past few years, I understand love so much more than I did in high school and college. I thought I understood love in college. I was saying it a lot. I was throwing it around a lot. I was, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I was so immature. Uh, I understand it so much more. Uh, this love that no matter what, with my, my wife and my kids, I'm not going anywhere. No matter what, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to protect you that from whatever comes at us. Last night it was a rat, a dead rat on the floor that I had to, we, like, it didn't just like die on the floor. We, actually, we killed it with a rat trap. Anyway, um, so I had to protect my wife from that dead rat on the floor. Um, that no matter what, I'm there. I, I get that, and I'm getting it more and more every day as I grow and grow in this experience with my wife and my kids. But even after a long life full of love from, from them, from other people, on my deathbed, I will still not be able to grasp the entire magnitude of God's love for me. It's impossible. I, think, I thought about it. It's like when you get that gallon of ice cream out of the freezer, and it's like frozen solid. You don't have one of those special ice cream scoops. It's maybe being washed in the dishwasher. Maybe you don't have one like us. Uh, so you're using a regular spoon, a big one, but a regular one, and you're pushing as hard as you can. You're like, I need ice cream right now, and slowly bending the spoon, and finally like this small little disc of ice cream pops out onto the counter, and you just pick it up and eat it because that's, like, that's all I really wanted, I guess. Um, Got to let it sit on the counter, thaw out. Uh, this little disc is so little compared to what we want to put in our bowl, our huge bowl, or maybe you're like us, eat it out of the carton. Um, it's so little compared to what we get to fully experience and understand someday. We will not fully understand and experience this on earth. When we're with him forever, that is when we finally see the big picture. That's when we finally get to see everything. But while we're here, we have, like in Romans uh, said, we have been given this Holy Spirit, and we have been given the Word of God, uh, so we have what is necessary to try to grab at, to try to understand everything about love that we can, this unconditional love that God has for us. We can attempt to understand as much as we can. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not going to get in the end, the, the entire scope of it, but we have the tools necessary to try to understand. Uh, but the problem we run into uh, is, is our love, uh, is very much conditional. It's very much conditional, not unconditional. Whether it's a relationship that we have with other people or like we talked about these things that we enjoy, 
Uh, we love if we're getting something back. We're getting something in return. That's, that's what that love is. Not all the time. Uh, this isn't always the case, uh, especially with friends and, and family. But sometimes it can definitely be friends, and sometimes with some family members, it can definitely be the case. Uh, this mentality of, uh, I will love you, I'm definitely going to love you, but you've got to show me something as well. You've got to love, love me as well. You've got to show me something in return. Or with these things that we say we love um, that physically can't love us back, uh, they still have to do something for us. It has to do something. If the first time I bite into a Popeye's chicken sandwich, it tastes like I could get it from some random gas station down the road, uh, I'm not going to get it again. I'm not going to order it again. Uh, it's just a random chicken sandwich. Uh, I'm not going to order it again. I'm not going to say I love it, definitely. Um, but it is better uh, than any other chicken sandwich, I assure you. Especially that other one that you think it's not better than. It's better than that one. And if you have problems, you can talk to me after the sermon. Uh, it's good. But if it just tasted like random chicken sandwich, I'm not going to say I love it. Or another thing that I enjoy Basketball. If I'm watching basketball uh, and I'm thinking this is the dumbest, most boring thing I could ever watch right now, why would I continue to watch it? Why would I ever say that I love basketball if I if I can't stand watching? If it's so boring, uh, it has to do something for me, for me to give it my love. Uh, and and the thing is, never mind. Uh, because this is what we often consider love. I am devoted to this thing as long as I'm getting something out of this deal. It's very contractional. It's conditional. Uh, If I'm not getting anything, I'm out. Why would I put more time and energy into this thing if I'm not getting anything in return? This is conditional as opposed to what the creator of love calls love, which is unconditional. Because what if we took it further, these, these illustrations, took it further, and instead of this chicken sandwich, Popeye's chicken sandwich, just tasting okay and the gas station chicken sandwich, what if it tasted like garbage? If it tasted okay, I could learn to love it. I could, if I'm just starving and that's the only food I can find, like, man, this, taste, this tastes pretty good right now, actually. Uh, and I, I, over and over again, I just brainwashed myself. But if it tasted like garbage, I would absolutely never eat it again. Don't care if I'm starving. Uh, and I would never come to love it. But this is what we experience with God. Because we not only don't do anything for him, we're not just there not doing anything. Um, our righteous acts are definitely dirty rags compared to who he is. But instead, not just doing nothing, we were the complete opposite of who he is. He is holy, and we were slaves to sin. We were the enemy fighting against who he is. If it were simply up to us, we would still be there. We would have no hope, no peace, no love, no joy, but because of God's love for us, his enemies, he descended from his throne in the form of a helpless baby, fulfilled the promise he made by dying on a cross, wiping away this debt forever. This is love. But like every gift from God, including love, uh, we humans, uh, we put our own spin on things a lot of times, uh, which leads us to a lot of pain, a lot of emptiness. Because when we boil down love to uh, this good feeling uh, or this, this, this enjoyment, 
even how we view God's love for us and what we do because of that love. If we boil it down to this conditional relationship, it's going to be empty. The understanding that, uh, of course, that I am loved by God. Look at me, man. Like, look at me. Obviously, we would never say or think something like that literally. Uh, but what happens when bad things come in your life? It, it is immediately the thought of like, me? Why me? I thought you loved me. Why would this happen to me? Why would you, God, let this happen to me? We're not saying that I am so great. Of course you love me. But in the end, that's what we're getting at is, man, I, I deserve better. You should love me. Why am I experiencing these things? Or the complete opposite, uh, and what I fall into a lot of times, uh, we fully understand how terrible our sin is. And we view it as this huge, enormous obstacle that we will never overcome. We'll never live up to what we think God expects from us. So why would I even try? Why would I even try to do these good things that I'm called to do if I know that sin's always going to crush me? Woe is me. Um, We're on these two extremes a lot of the times. Uh, In the end, though, this is not about what we can or can't do. Uh, This is definitely about Jesus. We often work this, this whole story, the gospel, out backwards. Often we view who we are and who God is the total wrong way. It's, it's I love people, I, love, uh, I do loving acts towards people, I love God even. Uh, so that must make me a loving person. I do these things, this is my identity, I'm a loving person. And, and so if I do the work, if I do the loving, if I'm a good person now, a good loving person, what does Jesus' sacrifice even mean? If I did the work, what does that mean? And then who does that make God? This, this boss high in the sky rewarding me for how good I am at my job or just this conditional relationship like I have with everything else in this world uh, that because I love him and I'm doing these things he's telling me to do, now he can love me. This is totally backwards. We can flip this around because we know who God is because of his word. And in 1 John chapter 4, uh, 15, uh, he, uh, John says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him, and he in God. And we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. That's it. That's who he is. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have a confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love, this is big, we love because he first loved us. This is it. And so instead of the backwards view that we had earlier, uh, it is now, we know who God is. It said it right there. God is love. How do we know that? Because of what God does. God proves this love, proves who he is, love, by sending his own son to the cross so that we could have life. The enemies, we could have life. And so because of who God is, love, and what he's done to prove that, we are now his beloved children. That's where our identity comes from. And because of our identity, we are now his loved children, we can now love others with the same kind of unconditional love that he pours out 
for us. And so that's what it is. And, and we, we harp on this a lot, especially uh, in, in our uh, members, new members class, our Connect class two weeks ago. Uh, this really understand your identity. And, and when you're reading a passage of Scripture, uh, when you're just thinking about things in life, uh, instead of that backwards, wrong way that's going to lead to a lot of emptiness, instead, who is God? What has he done? And now who am I because of all that? And now what do I do? Instead of flipping it, what do I do? And then from then it just messes up totally. This is, this is who God is, and now because of that, this is who we are. If we have been saved by God through the work of Jesus and have experienced this incredible love, like incredible is, I, I couldn't think of a, like a better word. It's, we need a way better, bigger word. This incredible love that something, something has to happen inside us now. If this is true about us, something has to happen. Everything we are must change to reorient our lives around loving others. And we can't go back to this conditional aspect of things. God did this for me, and God loved me, so I better do what he says or he's going to kick me out of the family. Um, this, that, that's religion. Do what God says and get rewarded for it. That is not what we have. What we have with God is a covenant. We are not rewarded based on what we do. We are rewarded based on who we are. And who we are is only, what we just talked about, is only based on who God is and what he's done. We love because he first loved us. But this is also commanded to us. We are also commanded to love. Earlier in that First John uh, 4 passage, in verse 7, he says, uh, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. There it is again. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. We must love one another. Who is this one another we talk about? Uh, your spouse, your kids, your family, the church, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, strangers, one another. We are called to love one another, but why? Because uh, if it's just the right thing to do, uh, maybe it just feels good when love is shared uh, among people uh, because maybe if I love you, I'm expecting this love in return, that conditional love. Uh, is, is this why we're commanded to love? Uh, I, I love my wife. Uh, yes, I am. Like, I'm technically, like, I'm supposed to love my wife. God commands me to love my wife well. Uh, and yes, it makes me feel great when she feels love, when I do things to show her love, and, and she flourishes, and, and, and she feels good, that makes me feel good, too. Uh, and also, I love it when she loves me in return. Maybe it is after I do something loving to her, and she loves me in return, or just out of the blue. I, we, we enjoy being loved. Easy. But this, this kind of stuff, uh, if, if, if this is the sole foundation of why we love, uh, I am not sure uh, that that, that our love, that, that we are going to stand when, when life, pain, and sin hits. Uh, we probably won't 
Uh, and this is why we have so many broken relationships, and, and not just with marriage, with any relationship. Uh, these, these reasons that we love uh, that are, in the end, empty, this is why we fall apart. I am, I'm supposed to do a lot of things uh, in life, but the motivation is not always there. I, I fail a lot. Uh, there are a lot of things I put work into, uh, and in the end, I don't really feel anything. Uh, that it's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be satisfying, and like it's not there. Um, or uh, I, I love something, and, and it's not reciprocated. That happens so much. And so if we love with these motivations, we will quickly burn out, fail, and quit. But what if the motivation of love that Paul commands us, or John commands us in First John, uh, is because we were first loved? What if with our love, we are pointing others towards the one who poured out love for us? What if this is the reason why we are called, commanded to love? Because in the end, it is not about us or even the people that we love. Everything we do is about bringing God glory. And he will definitely be glorified. In this season of Advent, we are all slowing down to remember what Jesus did. What he, not just what he did in Bethlehem, uh, what he accomplished with his life and what he accomplished on the cross. And, and that is an incredible, great, unimaginable love. And what if because of that, because we were loved, now we love. Not because it's our job, not because that we're going to get rewarded, but instead we are now pointing others, these people that we love, pointing them to that same love in the hopes that they would know this same love, that they would know Jesus like we do. So that in the end, uh, God will be ultimately glorified. And in the end, he will be glorified. Through this uh, Advent season, we uh, have been lighting these Advent candles. Uh, Kendrick lit the last two. I hope I light them in the, in the same order. Um, we'll see. Um, but when he lit the first one, we talked about hope. Uh, and again, this, this hope uh, that, that so many people before Jesus came had for their Messiah, for this king, the king of all kings. They're not going to need any more kings. That hope for him to come. And, and, and now we're hoping and waiting and longing for a day that he returns to, get us home, to bring us home. Because we are in pain here. We are suffering here. We are hoping for him to return. And then the next week we talked about peace. This, this ultimate peace we have in that hope, uh, this peace that the work is finished, uh, he accomplished it, and we can have peace knowing that he's going to come get us back. And if he doesn't, if we die before that day comes, peace that we get to be with him forever. And that is so good. And now today, this love that God proves that we can have this hope and peace because of the love that he poured out for us. This is not about us. Uh, it is not about all this extra stuff in, around Christmas time. Uh, this is about Jesus, and, and not just the single story about him being born, this entire story that, that we get to be a part of. This is what this is about. Ephesians 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, 
according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We, too, all previously lived among them in our flesh desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, but we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that this this entire story involves us, that we get to be a part of this story, uh, that it is definitely not about us, that it is definitely not up to us to complete anything, to do anything in return, that you have done the work. It is finished, God. That this great love you have for us surpasses everything, surpasses all sin that we turn to, all the pain and suffering that we endure on this earth, everything, God. Your love has covered it, not because of who we are by ourselves, but according to who you are and according to what you've done through Jesus, God. Bring us back to that often through your word, through prayer, through the church. Bring us back to that knowledge often, not in the hopes that it would simply comfort us, but in the hopes that it would comfort us, that it would push us, that it would give us this desperation to proclaim that same love to our community, God. I pray that that is who we're about in this seat of Advent, this, this perfect time to have conversations, uh, to love people well, God. I pray that that is who we are as a church, that we know we are loved because of what you've done, and out of that, we cannot help but to love those around us. Thank you for Jesus. Amen.